Friday morning era of Shabbos at JM and the AM. Candlelighting at 4.32 in New York. 4.32 is candlelighting time. Monday, don't forget, is Tu Bishvat. Monday will be Tu Bishvat. I do want to mention before I introduce Rabbi Yudin, who Baruch Hashem is with us from Israel, which is always extra special when he speaks to us live from Israel. I want to mention that today our um, presentation of Rabbi Yudin's Dvar Torah for Parshas Bishalach is being dedicated to the memory of of Noach Yosef Ben Menachem Mendel. His yard site is now. It's Noach uh, Yosef Ben Menachem Mendel, and his neshama should have an aliyah. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Um, for us, in Eretz Yisrael, it's good afternoon, and I can only tell you that whereas a week ago I was sitting on the Merpeset without a, a jacket or a sweater, today it is pouring, literally raining all day. And it's so different when it rains here. You appreciate literally called tipa utipa, every drop. Not only that, it's not only that you think of the psukim at the end of Akev, whereby the Torah tells us that Eretz Yisrael is not like Mitzrayim, which has its water available to it, but rather Eretz Yisrael is dependent on the rain, that even rain becomes a religious experience and feeling. And you think of the Mishnah in the fifth parak of Avos, whereby the Mishnah teaches, Mekidu Hakshamim Eish Shalatse You go outside in the rain, and you stop for a moment, and you pause, and you realize it's not drizzling, it's coming down. And the rain did not, in the past, extinguish the fire outside on the Mizbeach in the base of Mintash, and you stand there and the rain and you realize, wow, in Biomenu, we will be privileged to experience this miracle again. Okay, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Bishalach, and it is such an exciting parsha, but it contains only one mitzvah. According to the Chinuch, it's one uh, restrictive mitzvah, namely the mitzvah of Tchumid, not to leave one's rishus, one's domain, and that's too difficult to define and too interesting a topic, not for now, that concept of Shabbos. This Shabbos is a Shabbos of Amunah. You find throughout the parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, remember, Hashem milochem lochem. It is Hashem that will, please God, fight for you. In Mitzrayim, v'atem tacharishon. And you will be silent. The Torah records this, not just to tell us of our history, but the Torah reminds us that this is the way 
we function throughout our history, bringing us to our destiny. It is he who fights for us. Yes, we need Sahal. We'll talk about it. We need to do our Ishtadlus. But ultimately, Hashem Yilochem Lochem. He is the one who fights for us. You find the actual Kriyas Yamsuf, Rosa Shivcha Alayyam. Even the maidservant was privileged to see at the time of the splitting of the sea that which even the Nevi'im, and specifically the Navi Yechezkel, she saw at that moment even more than the Navi Yechezkel would see in the Maishlem Merkava. Wow. As it says, by Aminu Bashem, Uvamosha Abdo, there was an incredible sense of emuna, of faith that the Jewish people had. And after the Kriyat Yamsuf comes the Parsha of the Mud, whereby the Torah tells us <coughs> that B'nai Yisrael needed sustenance and HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally rained down Lechem Min Hashemayim. And we have to ask ourselves, within the entire 30 Samad Psukim of the Pasha of Mun, there is not one mitzvah which is Lidoros. It was all what is known as it was a teaching for the moment. The Torah says, don't leave over one day for the next. If you left over, again, you were violating the Torah law, but it was not one of the 613. Because by definition, one of the 613 has to be for all eternity. So we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, why is this even in the Torah. Now, one answer is very, very clear and important. And that is, just as God nourished, sustained, provided for them in the desert, and it was clear that it was He who was doing the providing, and it was done in a miraculous way, so too are we to learn that our sustenance and that he provides for us is no less miraculous. The fact that we (coughs) recite a bracha, hamotzi lechem mino aretz, is no less miraculous then, Hamotzi Lechem Min Hashamayim. The Shulchanorach in Simon Aleph tells us, Tov Lomar, it's worthwhile. It's good to say, Parshas Ha'akeda and Parshas Haman every day. And Rabbeinu Bachayo writes that there's a Kabbalah Beyond the Chachamim. 
whoever recites Parshish Hamad Yom daily, Muftah is assured, he will never come, he'll never lack sustenance. Now, it doesn't mean, my friends, that you should simply recite the 30 Sukim of Pasha Samuel found towards the end of Pasha's Bishalah. What it means is one should pause and reflect and take to heart and realize that their Parnasa comes from Hashem. And interestingly, as we find in conjunction with the mud, the Torah says, Hamarbe, the one that took more, lo this, ultimately didn't have more. Vamamit, and the one that took less, lo did not have less. Ultimately, everybody had an omer's worth of mud. Another one of the many miracles which were associated with the mud. Clearly, to show very, very precisely where our sustenance comes from. And as the Gemara tells us in Thomas, Tafches Amidez, Man Diyohev Chayei, Yohev Mizone, the one that is life, is the one that provides our sustenance for the life that he has given us. And just as when it comes to the lifespan of each and every individual, the Torah says, Esnispar Yonecha Amale. Every day and every moment that's coming to you, we get so too regarding our Parnasa, whatever is coming to us, we get. And don't think that because a competitor opened up a block or two away, it's going to have any effect upon your livelihood. Reminder to everybody that we're taught, we say it in the Sanatokev, the Rosh Hashanah Mikoseyum. It's written on Rosh Hashanah, and it's sealed on Yom Kippur. Be your share and me your need, exactly how much we're going to have. And by the way, the Gemara in Beitza, very important, teaches you that Mizonosan shall Adam consume Literally, how much money you're going to earn has been determined upstairs. Chutz, except for that which you spend for Shabbos. If you go out of your way to make Shabbos even nicer, even more special, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will find a way to make sure that you get that back. But I have to add one very important Nikuda. There's no question that we have to do our Ishtadlus, which means that we have to put in our effort. This is based upon the Pasuk in chapter 3 in Bereshis, whereby HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Adam, the man has to 
his earning, his livelihood. However, very, very important that we pause when we read Parshas Hamon and Parshas Parnosa, that a person can't think that if I put more time in to my business, I'm going to make more money. We have to do our established, no question. But God forbid a person should have a schedule that I can't dive in with a minion because I have to go to work. I can't put time into my day or night because I have to work. I can't put time for Talmud Torah. Something is very wrong with that philosophy. Just the opposite. We are assured, Rabbi Rebachaya writes, that the more a person connects to Torah, the more a person connects to Ruchmias, to spirituality, the greater is going to be the ease in which they're going to earn their livelihood. There's no question about it that we have to work, especially keep in mind the Gemara in Shabbos, which tells us the six questions that were going to be asked in Hashem after 120 years. The first question is, the Sosa Vinosato de Emuna, were you honest in business? And the second question is, Kovata Itimatora, did you set aside time for the study of Torah? Wait a second. Shouldn't the question of Talmud Torah come first after all? That's what we would put here in this world. And the answer, I believe, is so powerful. And that is, if a person realizes why I am working, I am working an honest living so that I can earn money to send my children to yeshiva, that I don't have to ask for a scholarship, that I can pay for others to go to yeshiva. I am working that I should have money for stock on, that I can support institutions of mikvah and ayurv and yeshivos and hospitals and all other worthy institutions. By so thinking, one elevates his working to b'chol, to to all which we do, we can infuse with godliness. First question, did you work the emuna? Did you infuse emuna into your work? And finally, let's conclude with two bishvat, this Sunday night and Monday. What does that mean, two bishvat, the new years of the tree? The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah tells us that the sraf, the sap in the tree, begins to rise. Think of it. Rise, that's going against gravity. It's going against the fact that everything else goes down. Here, this is going up. Why? To remind us, to teach us that it's not the farmer who 
has done everything that he can to make sure that the environment for the growth and success of the trees is the best that it can be. Of course, he has to do his, but ultimately, it all comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It rises in a fashion that nobody can understand except for us to realize, wow, how privileged and how fortunate we are. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody not just well, but wishing everybody Hatzimacha, especially this week in Parnassa. But I really believe means were you honest in business? And I'd like to suggest to put a Muna into the business and thereby you're working the hours of the day that you so do, they become as well elevated with Kedusha. Shabbat Shalom to all.